PTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. We're on from 2 until 4 every single Saturday. We look forward to your phone calls at this number, 919-860-9783. We, uh, you call up and Tim Feruzzi can uh, help you out. Tim, of course, from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. And I'm Dave Alexander, your host for today's show. Uh, later on today, Walt Smith is coming in. Walt is the man behind Raleigh Mold. Uh, and uh, we're we're looking forward to it. It's actually Raleigh Mold uh, Remediation, uh, Investigation and Remediation. I will get the title right. I'm sorry, Walt. We'll get it right. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Hey, Dave. How's your week been? Uh, well, beautiful weather for yeah. sure. And yeah. uh, very productive because of the temperature and the comfort for the guys. So, they That's do good. a lot more work uh, when it's this time of year. I have they to ad- more, like, get a lot more done. They're more efficient. That's good. Yeah. Well, I worry about you guys. You know, when it's ninety-five, you know, on, on yeah. a on a black roof, I, I just don't like that. But uh, yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, today, what is our topic? I, I imagine it's decks because that's what I've been talking about all week. Yep, we're going to talk about decks today, and next week we're going to talk about flat roofs and uh, roof patios. Yeah. I want to look forward to that. Roof patios. I wish I had one. All righty. So I've got a deck on my house. Most Isn't it true that most people do these days? Most home construction, new home construction, they've got some sort of deck? That that might be true. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't really paid attention like that, but uh, you're probably right. A lot of people like decks. They like outdoor living. So if it's not a deck, then it's some sort of... Um, um, you know, paver system, a stamped concrete system down at the ground level, uh-huh. usually. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, now everybody in my neighborhood's got the same rectangular one set of steps down to where, you know, and of course it's a different layout because of uh, the uh, the height of the and the, the, the way the property is, you know, as far as hills and things. But for the most part, we've got the same, you know, rectangle, a rectangle. Mm-hmm. So, so what are my options other than that? Well, there's lots of options. Most decks are built with even numbers, so you might have a deck that's eight by ten or uh-huh. uh, ten by sixteen. So, in most cases, decks are built in even numbers, and usually they're either square or rectangular. Sometimes with angles cut off of them, and uh, that's the simplest way to build a deck. And the lumber comes uh, when you purchase it; it comes in even lengths you can't buy a 13 foot uh two by eight yeah and so so that's why your decks are usually uh even numbers uh in the construction of them and then also uh in the planning of it you want to try to uh, incorporate uh waste factors and, and limiting waste and how your joints uh, lay out i think you talked last week you touched on something where or someone called in where she had um she felt like all the joints were all on one end of the deck, yeah, and were very close to each other. And what they should have done is they should have uh, planned the deck to where the the end the laps would be um, opposite ends of each other mm-hmm. per board, so that it it matched. And of course, you want those to be 
you want to use as long as lumber as you can. And so when you do have a joint, you don't want to join at the one foot mark at the very end. So yeah. the last foot has a joint. You want that joint to be more in the, uh, maybe in the one third area uh-huh. of the, of the length and, and, and vice versa all the way down. So it, it looks aesthetically pleasing. And if you were going to do 16, you'd buy a 16 foot board, but if you oh, did yeah. 20, you would stagger it. Yes, then you're into a situation where you need to have seams, yeah, and you need to plan them appropriately to where you can, uh, you know, not waste lumber. What's that wood? I, I assume it's pine. I assume it's a fairly inexpensive yeah, most wood. It, most of it's treated wood, and uh, most decks are built out of pine, and it's treated, so uh, it lasts longer with the weather versus if you just had an untreated piece of wood out there in the weather. It would rot very quickly. Right. So they treat uh, the wood, and I think there's different processes. Salt, uh, salt products mm-hmm. uh, used to be arsenic. Uh, whenever you handle treated wood, I recommend people to to wear gloves. Mm-hmm. But you see our, you know, you see the workers in general. They don't wear gloves, and then they go and eat lunch, and they don't wash their hands. So anytime yes. you're dealing with any kind of <laughs> material like that, that's, that's bad. Been treated to, yeah, to kill. To kill any kind of fungus growth or it's a biocide, basically, you want to make sure that you're wearing gloves. And if you if you're not wearing gloves, um, wash your hands before you eat. The um, the shape of the wood. You taught me a term, and then I immediately forgot it. Most of these boards are not rectangular perfectly; that they've got some round to it. What is that? What's that called? Well, there's a product that's been out on the market for gosh, at least 20-some years, maybe 30 years. It's called 5-quarter inch by 6-inch bullnose decking. So that's just a uh, – it's like a – it's almost like a 1 by 6. Right. But it's actually 5-quarter, so that means it's uh, – nominally it's about an inch right. uh, thick. Yeah. So it's a little thicker, and that's good because it's going to be your floor system on most decks. Uh, you did three quarters wouldn't work out too well. Um, too spongy. It would be too well, spongy, wouldn't it? Would, it? it would give. It would yeah. give and possibly break. So five quarters about an inch thick, and then six inches is nominally about a five. I think it's five and a half. Uh huh. And um, um, and then you've got your um, bullnose, which is just a turned edge, and uh, so that makes it a little bit uh, better at shedding water. Yeah. It looks nicer. It doesn't splinter as bad on those corners as, as if you had a, you know, a typical piece of lumber. And they're ninety degree turn. And they're installing it with a tiny space in between each board to let right. the water go through. Anywhere from, uh, I think the standard is an eighth of an inch to a quarter inch range is, is typically what you see, mm-hmm. and that's for expansion and contraction. That's for drainage, uh, you know, a variety of things. All right. Very good. And you're not a big fan of painting these at all. Well, I'm not, um, but that doesn't mean that I'm correct. You see okay. a lot of people, and I've got some friends that do a lot of sealing of decks, and, and we do some sealants of decks as well, coming in with a uh, uh, either a clear sealant or a sealant that has somewhat of a color that may be a UV protectant. Right. Uh, that's what most sealants are. So that way your deck doesn't weather. People like to keep them as new-looking as possible. 
and as they age, um, and then of course, if you haven't maintained them, uh, obviously the more maintenance they are, the more risky they are for um, you know someone falling through an area. Um, so you'll see sometimes where people will uh, get ready to sell a house, then they'll have an older deck that hasn't been maintained very well, yeah. and they'll try to do magic with it and uh, use various types of sealants. And then I've seen some, some decks that have turned out pretty decent compared to the way they looked right before they had work done to them. Yeah, you're so, well. But, but there are people that do paint uh, uh, treated wood, and I, I don't recommend it. I think anytime you start painting anything, especially a deck or a fence, you're asking for maintenance. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to talk more about decks. If you have a question at all about decks or about anything with your home, if you're going to start a project and you need some advice, uh, call us up, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. This hour, we are talking about decks and taking phone calls. And then next hour, Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold. Now, I I, I, I don't want to leave you the, uh, off, you know, like, incorrectly name the the uh, the company. It's RaleighMold.com, which is what reminded me. But it's Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. That's hour two here on Making Your Home Great. News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. Telephone number. You want to ask Tim Ferruzzi a question about decks or anything else? 919-860-9783 on Making Your Home Great. Second hour guest is Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. AccuWeather forecast does include the following. Mostly cloudy skies and a high near 66. Overnight low down to 54 and then Sunday... Sunny and 74 degrees, it is 60. A real feel of 61, News Radio 680, WPTF. So we're talking about decks with Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Tim, talk to me about decks. Well, um, you know, I, I go out to a lot of jobs where people already have an existing deck and they either want to tear it out or they want to... Uh, redo it, uh, maybe back to same size, and in yeah. some cases they want to create something larger, maybe two or three tiers. Maybe uh, they have one that's already up high, and they want to have a lower section and build steps down to it because maybe the way the backyard is shaped, they feel like they're not getting much use out of their backyard. Yeah, so putting a large deck kind of built onto that that would be level, um, you know, suits them. Yeah. So, um, and then there's lots of different materials. So let's start with people that want to tear out their deck. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some people may choose to do that themselves. And uh, depending on how old your home is and uh, how um, uh, prepared you are, that's that can be something that you can obviously handle. But uh, if it's way up in the air, I don't know that I would recommend that because then it becomes a life risk. Yeah. So, just taking down a, a regular deck or just trying to rebuild a, a regular deck uh, is doable. A mm-hmm. lot of people try to do their own deck work. It is fairly simple. Um, it can be labor-intensive, depending on what parts of the deck you get into. So 
if you come in and, and want to rebuild your existing deck and you don't like your decking boards because they've just aged and you've got cracks and uh, knot holes and uh, just, you know, they're unsafe in certain areas, then you may decide to uh, just pull out four or five decking boards or mm-hmm. 20 decking boards, or you may just pull them all up. Taking those up uh, can be a lot of work. Um, you know, typically you would get what's called a cat's claw and just pull out the nails or, or back out the screws, however it's fastened to the lumber below. So these yeah. are your decking boards we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, so you just take all your decking boards off one by one, one nail at a time, one screw at a time. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, and a lot of times you can reuse your existing skeleton or your, your framing uh, of your system uh, as long as it's in, in good order. And sometimes you want to come in and refasten some things or add some corner bracing or add some lag bolts or carriage bolts. I had a, a bad idea, and I do have a question about that because suppose for a moment the you know the deck boards were they were deteriorated and they've been weathered and we get them all off. How am I to judge what's there? That skeleton. What's your, what's my standard? You know what I mean. I can well, eyeball it and see whether it's rotted. I guess. Yeah, if it's up high and you're able to see ahead of time uh, underneath it, um, you can obviously. Uh, uh, make some assessments yourself. Uh-huh. Looking for are you are you seeing separation of, of boards uh, where the uh, joists run into the main band? The main band is usually your perimeter of the deck, and um, your joists are typically anywhere from 16 inches to 24 inches. Most of the time, they're 16 inch on center. Yeah, uh, meaning every 16 inches, there's a joist that runs from side to side. And uh, that is your skeleton. So if you see uh, maybe um, separation of the joist to the band uh, becoming excessive or even large, if you see drooping uh, in your joist midway, maybe they didn't put enough supports, they went too far of a span, you'll see that a lot where the spans are too far. Yeah. So your deck gets weak. Um so once you you can do that either prior to taking off the decking boards, looking at it, and then obviously after the decking boards are off, if you have a lower deck, it's much easier to tell what's going on at that point. Right. Uh, you know, if your deck is very bouncy, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, aside from your decking boards themselves, if your deck just doesn't feel very safe or very strong, and then there's a good indicator that you might need to come in and either replace the whole framing skeleton system of it or to just come in and beef it up. I've got Denny in Cary with a deck question. Hi, Denny. Welcome to Making Your Home Great on WPTF. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, we are in the process of selling our home, and, of course, we had an inspector come through, and uh, there were some issues on the house, like uh, a foundation, which we had taken care of, and, of course, we spent some money on the house. Uh, a couple of things that they mentioned about the deck. And I'm about done spending money. So I was wondering, is there a um, a person or a company that we could call that would come in and certify a safety of a deck that would make any buyer feel safe with the structure? Yeah, you, uh, there is. Um, um, the inspector that looked at the house um, could possibly do that, or you could have your own inspector come out, or you can have a 
GC um, come out and take a look at it. Um, what, what is the inspector saying is wrong with it? Uh, it was just basically a couple boards were split underneath um, uh, the, the riser, uh, the center board that's going up for the steps. There's about 13 steps. There were some cracks in it. I mean, you know, I, I don't feel anything wrong. Of course, I'm the owner. <laughs> and I, I really don't see as much uh, problems as he did. It's one of those where um, I, I'm not really sure why he put all these things down. And I'm not a GC or anything, but just looking at it, he just, you know, got everybody afraid of the deck. And well, I just want- what, what these guys do is they have to cover their behinds. Uh, there's a lot of liability involved in doing inspections and, and, and go on down the line to the realtor and everybody else. So the inspectors try to make sure they've covered every area, and if they see anything that catches their eye, then they're going to write it down most of the time, and that's what the buyers want. If you were a buyer, you would probably want that as well so you know what you're getting into. Um, you know, but on the other side, they do. It, it does seem to get excessive. Obviously, most of us live with these these situations all the time on our properties and we don't have anything to worry about, but because you're making a sale and there's liability insurance involved uh, on the inspector's license and that kind of thing, they have to be very diligent about what they do because buyers do come back and sue inspectors and they do sue real estate agents and appraisers and banks. So that's why everybody's real detailed with their uh, reports. Now, that is something you could possibly, if you don't want to spend any more, outlay any more cash right now, you could possibly negotiate with the seller and say, look, I think this is worth, you know, $300. Would you just be willing to, well, we're willing to take that off the sales price if we can just handle it at closing. And and that kind of thing does work on certain items. So you don't always have to get everything fixed on the report. Uh, You can negotiate some of that out. Right. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. And I was just wondering if there was a a national um, association that has people that would come out for certain items and would look at it, give their seal of approval or whatever, and say this um, is well, 85%. Well, there's not a, a national, but there are contractors that will do it. And um, they, um, but obviously they're going to charge, you know, right. and then, you know, are you going to spend two or $300 doing that or, you know, Three to five hundred getting it fixed, or are you just going to try and negotiate it out? So, most people on something minor like what you seem to be describing would just try to negotiate that out with the seller, right. with the buyer. Sure. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Denny, okay. thanks a lot. Tim, do you think that would be a standard, sir, a standard 13 foot step? Can he buy that piece? Or no, something like a, it. That's a that's a Custom. stringer that has to be made. Yeah, it's yeah. basically take a two by twelve and and you cut it and and most of the time on that yeah. kind of a you'd want three ri- uh, three stringers or risers, yeah. one on each side and one in the middle. Elmer's glue. No, no, no. That's that's a <laughs> wrong idea. No, I know. Like the the expression is glue it and screw it. You know, they would take another piece of wood and glue it and then it screwed in there. Yeah. Bad idea. Bad idea, Denny. Sorry, that was my idea. Uh, More on decks and a question from Beverly in Chapel Hill. Coming up on Making Your Home Great, News Radio 680 WPTF and WPTF.com.
News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation in studio here in about a half an hour. 61 degrees, real feel 64, making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi, of course, from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing, taking this question from uh, Beverly in Chapel Hill. Hi, Beverly. Hi, how are you? Good, um, what's up? I just have a question. It's not about a deck. I called in last week and called about the deck. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if your guests knew how long uh, real estate agents are to keep their records. Mm. Well, records of what, Beverly? Sales. I, I don't know. Tim, have you ever run into a question like that? I just... No, I don't know that answer. Yeah. Um, Beverly, what's the uh, what's the issue? What's happening? Well, I sold a home in 1990 in Virginia. Yeah. And um, I, a lady came out and took pictures. Mm-hmm. And uh, a person gave me an offer. It was about $95,000. And okay. the home was paid for. And uh, so I had no mortgage. But I don't remember anything about a closing. I got no money for that house. Yeah. Nothing. And you, did you I, get paid? No. I didn't oh. get anything for the house. And um, the real estate agent that I had, yeah. I think he worked out of his house. I don't think he had an office. Well, that's, that's not bad. That's not unusual. Beverly, I'm going to just suggest... Do you remember the actual town or township or whatever they call them in Virginia uh, th- where the property is? Yeah, it was Route 2. I don't well, know. Uh, I, I, think, I think you can probably place a phone call there, explain the, you know, to, the, to whatever county uh, there is, and, and get an answer probably fairly easily. Um, Can I call the real estate commission and? Uh, well, sure. Virginia? Yeah, if you want to get somebody in trouble, I suppose. Sure. Well, that's not a bad place to start. Me. I don't care. The people you want to go to uh, really are the people who register deeds, and I'd I'd say county, county. Okay. Go to the county where it was, uh, where, where where the property is. Maybe you still own it. Who knows? I wish you luck. Thank you, sir. Beverly, thank you very much. News Radio 680, WPTF, 919-860-9783. As we say, Tim, the question doesn't have to be on topic. It just has to be about your home and making your home great. Um, If you just called into the radio show and uh, you just got put on hold, hang on, we'll get to you in just a second because we've got a couple of people calling in maybe about that last Last thing. We were talking about decks, Tim. Talk to me about decks. Well, and, and so uh, we were talking earlier about uh, tearing down decks or rebuilding yeah. decks. Did you yeah. have any other thoughts on rebuilding decks? Yeah, you know something? We, You and I talked about my little project with Hatchet, which has to do with just the main decking. Okay? Yeah. Now, can I just get the wood, replace the wood that's there, and not stain or anything is that pressure treated or that treated lumber good to just put in place it is but um you know maybe coming in with a clear sealant not Mm -hmm. immediately uh maybe within six months 
and just spraying or brushing or rolling a yeah. clear sealant on yeah. uh, of some kind just to help protect it and, and do that, you know, regularly, yeah. probably every couple of years. And you may have to wash it beforehand at that point because it is going to get mildew and things. But the sealant will help with some of that issue. And you are um, specifically saying, Tim, leave it sit for six months because why? Uh, why am I waiting six months? Well, you want to you want to give it a chance to. Uh, typically, treated wood is 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 wet or has a high you know, because it it was not so long ago when it was treated when you buy it. Yeah. So when you paint it, which again I don't recommend you paint treated wood. Yeah. Uh, as little as possible, obviously, but. You, you got to wait six weeks as a recommendation before you prime and paint it. Okay. So, uh, with that in mind, um, I would say six months. Give it a chance to weather. Give it a chance to acclimate to yeah. where it's at, how it's fastened, the boards around it, mm-hmm. and then come in and seal it at that point. Uh, and you can do it earlier. Yeah. Um, and then just regularly seal it and 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 wash it and just keep it maintained, and you'll you'll get a lot more life out of the decking boards. All right, I've got, I've got Gene with a quick answer for the previous caller. Uh, Gene, yes. uh, about realtors and records, what do you think? Yes, yes. Uh, in our class that we had this year, yes. uh, they, they suggested that you keep them at the minimum seven years, Right. but really you could keep them uh, indefinitely if you keep them in a cloud, mm-hmm. um, you know, storage. You can call the North Carolina Board of Realtors, and yes. they can give you a more defined answer. Gene, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, and that was a question about from Barbara about uh, property owning. And, Tim, we've got two people who are waiting to talk about. Uh, we're going to pick up with Mike first. And Faye, who's in Cary, hold on just a moment, because Mike is asking a question about Dex, and he dialed in first anyway. How you doing, Mike? Welcome to Making Your Home Great on WPTF. How you doing, Dave? I got a question about my old deck. It's about 20, 25 years old. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, tear it down and put a new board and everything. But I want to enclose it with the screen, like a screen porch with the, with the roof. So I'm wondering if I use regular wood and paint it, it'll be good, or should I use all treated wood? Did you get that, Tim? I didn't. I didn't hear the question. Okay, I'm going to translate uh, back and forth. The um, Mike is asking; he wants to tear down his deck and replace it with an enclosed deck. Do you think that he should use pressure treated wood? or standard lumber? Well, absolutely. Um, Pressure-treated, if he's going to do like a screen porch or something that's going to still get weather coming in from different wall areas, he still want to do it in treated wood. And he's, he's still going to have moisture from the well, the atmosphere, you know what I mean, the uh, the the humidity in the air in any yeah, case. Yeah, exactly. But, but more so treated wood, that's true, you're right. Um, but treated wood... Um, I think is mostly uh, an issue when you're dealing with direct rain, mm-hmm. um, more so than because again we've talked about this in the past where you have crawl spaces that are built out of regular wood and, and they're close to moisture as well because of the ground content of moisture. Right. So more so for the rain and just the weathering that goes on uh, with the screen porch, you're still going to have 
the weather blowing through the screen uh, in various storms. That answer the question, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. I was just wondering, can I paint it the uh, treated wood? Can I paint it? You want to know whether you can paint treated wood? Treated? I think that's what his question is. Treated wood, yes, you can paint treated wood, but do understand that when you do that, that you're asking yourself, you're asking for maintenance. Okay. I hear what you say, Mr. Payne. Yeah, but you can can definitely paint. Okay. Quick question. As far as the flooring itself, I'm planning to put a plywood and then install tiles on it, ceramic tiles. Can I do that with the plywood instead of board? I didn't. I didn't totally hear the question. Mike. Tim, he wants to put plywood. plywood. He wants to put plywood down and then ceramic tiles. Is it going to be a screen porch? Yes. Yes. Um, are you going to have it screened from top to bottom? Yes. Okay. Um, first of all, if you're let me just back up a, a little bit. If you're dealing with an existing deck and you want to build a roof, does it have a roof system already built over it? No, it's not. It's not. It's just a deck, okay. the old deck, and I'm going to replace okay, all the wood. So, so let's, let's, let's back up a question before I answer that question that you ask about the tile. First of all, you got to make sure that the deck that you have is structurally sound. And because you're going to be, typically your deck would be grandfathered in if you're leaving it as is, you don't have to change this or that and that. But once you start building a roof system over it, uh, the inspections permit department is going to look at it as a whole different animal. And, and the reason being is because now you you it could potentially become a room addition down the road, and it's mm-hmm. got to meet housing requirements. So you've got to make sure that the deck you have is structurally sound and that it's got large enough posts below it, whether it be 8 by 8 or 6 by 6s or even... Uh, footings, and obviously footings will have to be under those posts that I just described, but even footings and foundations possibly, or just footings and piers around the perimeter and in the center of this deck that you're getting ready to build a roof system over. And So that's just the first requirement is you've got to rebuild that deck. If it's that old, I know it's not going to meet code. So there's going to be some major changes just with the deck itself. And then you built the roof, as you're saying, and you, you're going to make a screen porch. Can you put plywood down with ceramic tile? Yes, you can, but I don't recommend it because, again, think about the blowing in rain. Um, and uh, tile grout is not impermeable to water. So water will uh, get under that tile, between the tile at some point, whether it happens in the first six months or in the first two years. And with the expansion and contraction of all the materials, the wood below it, um, because it's going to be kind of open, and we talked about moisture earlier, mm-hmm. just things are going to open, contract and expand with moisture content and air. And so the tile is going to crack, and um, not, as, not necessarily the tile itself, but the grout line. So you're asking for a lot of extra work. You're right. You're um, right. Now, there are some outdoor type tiles and grout that you can get, but you're going to want to use a concrete decking board, not just yeah. plywood. So you've mm-hmm. got to do some other things. But you can be done, but the way you're describing it can't be done that way. You're right. I appreciate that, Tim. And That's I right. love the show. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you.
Yep. You have a good yep. day. Bye-bye. Mike, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, he's, you know. All right, take care of yourself, Mike. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, bye. He likes the show, and he got he got some answers. He got some things to think about. 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. 919-860-9783. If you want to talk about uh, decks or other topics of home improvement, Tim Fruzzi's your guy. Uh, and then coming up, Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation in Hour 2, right after 3 o'clock. News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF AccuWeather forecast does include cloudy skies and temperatures about where we are right now, maybe up a few more degrees to about 66. Then an overnight low of 54. Tomorrow, sunshine and 74 with 61. And the real feel at 64 News Radio 680 WPTF. We have Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. But if I don't get to Faye and Carrie, I'm off her Christmas list. So let's get her on the radio. How you doing, Faye? Fine, thank you. Good. Uh, what can we do for you? I have a question about grouting or caulking around the tub where I need to replace the... Um, I had put silicone caulk there before, and I need to replace it. It got black spots behind it. And someone I read somewhere said grout was what you use. Which which is it? And then I'm not sure I really want to use silicone caulk again. Yes. Um, so where the tub meets the the surround the towel. The, the towel, or the towel walls. Okay. Right. I typically I typically use a sealant like a silicone or a tripolymer um, instead of grout. Typically, the only place I use grout would be between the tiles themselves most of the time. Any of the major corners, and I know that they they start out as grout, but typically the major corners or where there's a transition of a tub to the wall, uh, I always use a flexible sealant there, which would be something like a, a, a silicone, or a tripolymer. There's different products. If you go to a hardware store, you can see things that are used around bathtubs and windows and doors. And typically, you want something more geared towards a kitchen or a bathroom because it might have some um, uh, exactly biocides built into it. And then, of course, you just gotta you know maintain, clean the bathroom as you usually do, and hopefully, it won't get as moldy as maybe this one did. Maybe you just had a bad batch of, of material, but um, that's my recommendation. I, I, I don't see grout holding up very well uh, on top of that, uh, either fiberglass or plastic or uh, steel enamel type of tub um, mm-hmm. between those surfaces. I think it's going to crack apart. May I ask a follow-up on that? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the crevice between the tub and the um, tile is about, it seems to be about a quarter inch. Do I have to get all of that earlier stuff out? This I'm in a 30-year-old townhome, so some of that stuff in that crevice won't come out as easy. Is it crucial? <laughs> no, it's not crucial. What I would do is just take a razor knife and just, uh, is your tub plastic or fiberglass, do you know? Yeah, it's fiberglass, I think. It's fiberglass, so you just got to be careful with the razor knife that you're not gouging. Right, that's, I'm know, hesitant in, to but, try that. Yeah, so you just have to gouge it, you know, cut it out and, and 
as much as you can and, and just be careful, obviously. And then, you know, get some Tylex uh, and spray in there and just kind of let it dry and do it again and do it again. And when you feel like you've got enough of it out and it's clean enough, then you could just use what's in there as a backer rod, if you will, or as a backer and then go right over the top of it. If you don't clean some of it out and then obviously clean it as well, then you're just going to build up, you know, gunk and gunk and gunk. It's going to look terrible, obviously. Right. Well, let me ask a quick question. I read the pros and cons of silicone versus um, the latex caulk or acrylic, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, people say in some articles online, it's easier to work with the older stuff. The silicone is kind of hard to deal with. And and they also indicate denatured alcohol or something like that to clean I don't have that kind of stuff in the house, and I don't really want to store it around my house. Can alcohol clean as well as anything? Just rubbing alcohol? To clean off what? To clean off the what I'm trying to remove, the, the little bit of, I guess, grout and my old silicone before um, applying anything. I don't, I, I don't know the answer to that question. There's different products out there. Um, I, I would think it's just going to take some, you know, some getting in there with your hand and a knife or a putty knife or something and trying not to scratch things to get it out. And you can also pull on it. Once you get a good start on it, you can possibly pull some of it out. But then, of course, then you've got to put some kind of backer in there or you're going to just use a whole lot of caulking. But to answer your question, silicone versus uh, an acrylic caulk, and most acrylic caulks now are, are siliconized acrylic caulks, which means that they're still clean up with water, they can still okay. be painted, um, but whereas silicone you can't paint um, and does not clean up with water and has a very strong smell. But I don't think I would use a siliconized acrylic caulk in any kind of a water environment like that. Typically, you would use that product when you're caulking uh, your crown molding or your baseboard or your trim pieces and, and exterior work as well when you're painting the house. Typically, you use something like 100% silicone or a tri-polymer product um, and possibly urethanes to do what you're describing. Okay. 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 I think I understand. All right. Yep. Thanks. Okay. Thanks very much. Yes, Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Faye. I appreciate those. Very good conversation. Thank you. Uh, Gail in Creedmoor, thank you very much for calling us up. Uh, Got a problem with the roof, right? Yes, sir. Talk to us. Can you help me uh, get someone to fix for me? You want somebody to fix your roof. Yes. And you are on the line with Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Oh, the okay. quick answer is yes, Gail. Okay. Do you have pencil handy, pencil and paper handy? Yes. All right. I encourage everyone, whether their roof is leaking or not, to call to dial this number. Or at least to write it down, Uh 919-676-5969. Yes, 676-5969. Now, Gail, tell me about the roof leak. How long has it been leaking? Uh, Probably a couple months. Not a whole lot. Just a little bit. But I can see the ceiling, you know. How old is the roof? And the house? Uh, about 13 years. 13 years. All right, Tim. Give her the best advice you think you, you can give her in the last minute and a half of the show. 
Well, Gail, the um, best thing for us to do is come out and take a look at that. We don't charge for estimates, and I'll come out and evaluate what you have going on, and I'll tell you what you need to do and, of course, give you a price at the same time, and you make a decision at that point on um, whether you want to move forward. So you can either call me at that number that Dave just gave out, or you can also email us through our website, which is highlandroofingnc.com, highlandroofingnc.com. I call you. And you can call me, and and that works as well. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Next hour, Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. Now, I've got William and Carrie. I don't think we can handle this in 30 seconds, but let's try. William, you've got a question, a quick question about treated wood. Yes, you were just talking about using treated wood. I have a related question about a treated wood post. Fast, yes. Enlighten me a bit. I want. To, I have it. I bought a post which is supposedly treated a bit, but I don't know how much and how well. And I want to add to it before I put it in the ground. Do you have any suggestions? Well, if you want to add treatment to it, um, and most four by fours are already made to go in the ground, and some wood is not made to go in the ground, even because there's different levels of treatment. But there's a product called Copper Nap. Uh, N A P H is the short for the long word, whatever it means. I don't know how, how to pronounce it. Copper right. nap. Copper nap. Thank you, William. I appreciate it. News Radio 680 WPTF. Another hour of making your home great. WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is making your home great. It is a radio show that really is your show. You go ahead and call us, and we'll talk about what you want to talk about. It would be interesting, honestly, since we have Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation in the studio. If you've got a question about mold, this would be an excellent time for it. Uh, My name is Dave Alexander. Also with us is Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. And we are talking this hour Barring phone calls on another topic, Walt, we're going to talk about mold. Okay, sounds good. Good. Why don't you raise that, raise that microphone up near your mouth and say hello to everybody. Hello, All right. Raleigh. All right. How did you? How did you get into this? Nobody, no kid, grew up saying, "You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be a mold remediator." Except maybe you. Is that what happened? You'd, no. No? You didn't. I, I had a painting and home improvement business and did a lot of work with realtors. Uh-huh. And they would uh, ask me about if I did took care of mold and crawl spaces. Yeah. Then I decided to get certified in that. And ever since then, I just went into mold with Raleigh Mold. The um, there. How long ago was that? About 12 years ago. About 12 years. Okay. So you've got some experience with it. I have to admit that there was a time I remember when somebody said, oh, yeah, he got mold in his house. You might as well just say, well, yes, you know, they've got pneumonic plague, you know, right? Yes. Or, or the, or the I mean, it just sounded like a death sentence for the house. Uh, it still does. You know, a lot of people think that way. Yeah. But everything is treatable. Yeah. Uh, if you're allergic to it or something like that then it can uh, affect you real bad. You've got some photographs on your website, and I was complimenting you before the show started, because you've got RaleighMold.com. Yes. That's that's <laughs> that's the website. I was lucky. 
that's very good. The website matches up with the company, which matches up with the topic and the geography. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. But there are some pictures that are just so bad. Yeah. Even on my Facebook page, there's even a lot more. And people's houses really get their black spots. Yes. Inside, right? Yes. A lot of those pictures on the website and Facebook is with stachybotrys, the real black mold and all that. What's it called? Stachybotrys. Stachybotrys. Yes. Gosh, I dated his sister in high school. (laughs) Stachybotrys. Right. And it. uh, That's the toxic mold that everybody talks about. Yeah. And that only comes about in real water damaged homes. So those pictures, the homes were water damaged for a long period of time. Would they have to be like an ignored uh, plumbing problem or a roof leak that was just chronic? Yes. uh, If you have a small leak that Uh you don't know about uh, and the water just stays in the wall, then the mold will come about and the stacky botches can take over. And I would imagine a a home, I've heard of homes like this where... You know, they had a fire. They had a fire, and of course the fire department does what they do, and they drop a lot of water on it. And then there's an ownership question or an insurance question, and things go on and on and on. That's what happens. Is the interior just goes bad. Right. Is that part of it? Yes. All right. Tim, jump in. Tim Ferruzzi is with us. Tim of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing uh, and uh, co-host on the show. Um, talking about Raleigh mold inspection and remediation. Should we get our house checked, gentlemen? Should I call you guys up and have you know have somebody come in? If you have allergies or been feeling bad for a long period of time, going to the doctor yeah. and they can't find anything, then it would be a good time to have it inspected and tested, air tested. Right. To see if you do have a high level of mold right. or if there's any mold anywhere in your home. Is that an air test or are you testing off surfaces? Air test, what you're breathing. Really? You can do t- tape samples, which is surface test, but you really want to know what you are breathing to see if it's bad for you or not. I know people who don't want to know. Honestly, I do. Um, and they don't want to know what's going on with their home. They prefer not to not to be informed about it. Because they figure, well, I'm never going to sell this place mm-hmm. if I find out about that. Somebody's going to determine this at, at an inspection, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. All right. Better to take care of earlier. That's true. What do you What do? You do? I, mean, you, I see on the website people head to toe in white Oompa Loompa outfits <laughs> with goggles on and breathing apparatus. Yes, and that's when we uh, remove the mold and wear all that. How do you do it? It's a, our job. You dip the entire house in bleach. No, you can't no? use bleach. Can't use no. bleach. That's only good for tile or a hard surface, non-porous. Really? Yes. So all those people who know that they have a little bit of mold, who are going at it with gallons and gallons of Clorox, they're really not making any progress, are they? Right. It will just come back worse. Really? Yes. Uh, learned something so, already the first 11 minutes of the show. Go so ahead, Tim. Give us the process so... Uh, Someone's got some ailments, possibly. They think it could be related to a to a sick house. They call you up. Uh, you're going to do an air test. What do you charge for that? And what is the what are the what's the protocol from there forward? What are you determining? 
Okay, I normally do uh, air testing would be, depends on the size of the house and the home. Right. Home, but your basic 2,000, 2,500 square foot house, say three samples would be minimum. You would do two inside and one outside for the baseline. Yeah. I go in there, I take the samples, and I inspect the home from the attic to the crawl space or basement to see if there's any moisture problems or any way to prevent mold from happening or yeah. if there is any mold problems. Yeah. And I, what I do is I take the samples to a certified lab. We get the results back in 24, 48 hours. And with that, we can see exactly if you do have a problem. And that normally runs about 325 uh-huh. for that. And, and you're going to run, you're going to go underneath the house. Yes. So that you got to do that, yep. right? I got to. I put okay. the suit on for that and mask. Good for you. Go in the crawl space. Good for you. I don't Never want know you what get you find sick. there. So are you taking a, an air sample under the house as well? No. Normally I don't okay. do that. Only if yeah. they yeah. want it because if I do see mold, it has to be removed anyhow uh-huh. in the crawl space. Right. So I don't want it, the people to spend an extra 90 bucks or so right. for another sample. Right. Well, is it fairly common that there's mold of some kind under a house? Yes, it is. I would say Probably good. 50% of homes have some type of mold, if not a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, you might just have a little bit, but there are homes that I've seen that are really bad, especially if they have water problems around the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. This is scary stuff. It's scary because, you know, it's a health issue. It is. Do you happen people. to know what, ha- other than allergies, there's some pretty serious stuff that can go on. If yes, you have mold, uh, yes, mold under your house. You can get sinus problems, respiratory, uh-huh. headaches, nausea. Uh, it can affect you real bad, Yeah, you know, especially if you're real old or immune right. system is bad or little kids. Those are the ones that get affected more. Now, you've got on your website the words safe and green to describe the stuff that they're bringing into the home. What do you mean by that? Uh, that's what I use i use a a strong peroxide solution Uh to help uh take care of the mold yeah and then our preventive product is a natural product the preventative you you yeah after we clean the mold wherever it is we put a preventive on there because if you didn't what it would grow right back it can it can it's normally it doesn't once we treat the problem right but it's always good to put a preventive uh just to help out. All right. We're going to talk more about this, including waterproofing for the long term so that this doesn't, you're just not coming back every every six months or 10 months to, to beat back mold. That's There's a solution in most cases, isn't there? Yes. There's Everything a is fixable. Physical. Pretty, a, unless it was real bad. Right. Well, you have to bulldoze the house. Well, we just... I'm not even going to say what my uncle would have done, but uh, it involves insuring it first. That's all I'm, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But that, that's not where we're going to go with the topic. We're going to talk about mold today and some of the physical ways to prevent it from uh, taking over your house. Got some questions? Uh, great. We've got people with answers. 919-860-9783. Making your home great. News Radio 680. WPTF.
In studio right now, Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. Next week, Paula Fullerton of So Fine 2 in our Hour 2 of Making Your Home Great News Radio 680 WPTF. Uh, of course, I'm Dave Alexander and uh, Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing also with us. 61 degrees right now, real feel, 61, cloudy and chilly tonight, low near 54, and then Sunday, a high near 74 degrees. As I said, 61 on the real feel and the thermometer, News Radio 680 WPTF. Stan in Fuquay Verena, what's going on? Good afternoon, Dave. Afternoon. What do you What do you need here? I had a question or two for Walt in regards to uh, the ventilation grates on the uh, crawl space in yeah. the crawl space. Yes. Yes. What would you like to know? Okay. What uh, would you suggest, or is there a better way, as far as uh, or a proper way, uh, in regards to the ventilation grates, them? Uh, where they're being open in the summer or closed in the winter or vice versa or or anything in between? Do you have any uh, uh, any suggestions on how they should be operated? I know they used to have, which I haven't seen lately, these uh, the grates where they were uh, spring or coil control. You know, temperature would open and close them automatically. Yeah. Uh, so what would you suggest, Walt? Uh, basically, with the... Grades, you know, I would recommend keeping them open all year round. I know some people say close yeah. it during the winter. Yeah. Where in the winter time, we do get snow, we get ice, and we get rain. Yeah. And by keeping them closed, you're making the humidity in the crawl space high enough for mold to grow because mold needs 60% humidity before it grows. Okay. So I recommend opening them up all year unless we have a deep freeze and you don't have any insulation underneath. Yeah, well, it does make for a cold floor. Yes, it does. But a cold floor doesn't make you sick, necessarily. And the mold won't grow, because I get a lot of people, springtime, they call me up to check their crawl spaces out. I go there, and there's mold growth in there. And they yeah. said, well, it wasn't there last year. I look, and all the grates are closed. I could, I could if, I may, if I may say, yes. uh, from my own personal experience, uh, I had, I did install, I did lay down the... The uh, uh, the plastic on right. the ground. Mm-hmm. I did, and and what I do, I keep my ventilation screens closed all the time. My mm. my crawl space is totally dry, no moisture down there. Uh, it's just it's just dry. Uh, yeah. And the reason I think that works for me, maybe it's just where I am, uh, whatever. But the uh, uh, in, in, even in the summertime when the when the temperature is nine, we've had some pretty warm winters. I mean, mm-hmm. summer's 90, 95 outside. Mm-hmm. I go in my crawl space, and it is like 70, 72 degrees down there, and it is nice and cold. And I would almost be afraid to open up the grates and let all that moisture in. How high is your crawl space? Oh, it's, it's you can walk in it. And that's the reason why. Okay, you can walk in it. Yes, that's the reason why. Because he has so much air underneath there. Right. That yeah. a certain amount of moisture is not being compressed. It's, right. it's, it's spread about the whole thing. It's not going up into the insulation on the joists. It's staying Stan low. spends summer days in his crawl space. <laughs> He's got a magazine and, and, and some, yeah, you know. TV, watching games. And a TV games. watching, right, watching games. I, I took the TV out, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. You got Stan. the radio in now. Yeah, Stan, yeah. thank you for raising the age-old question. Do we 
open them always or close them all always or change during the seasons. Mm-hmm. All right. Terrific. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Right. Appreciate it. Right. Love your show. Right. Yeah. Um, when you come to someone's home and you're walking down the driveway, what are the first things you're, you know, it's, there's some issues going on in the house based on a phone conversation or an email. What are some of the things you're looking at outside as you're walking up to the door? Uh, I'm walking up to the door, and number one thing I look at is gutters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make sure that they have gutters and also that the downspouts are not just pouring right into the foundation. Why does everybody look at me when that happens? Whenever that topic comes up, everybody looks at me. I have downspout. I actually have. Um, I have gutters that have black stripes uh, going straight down, which means that the water is clogging up in them and going over the edge. Okay, that's wrong, right? Right, because that water is coming down most likely into the foundation, and also the slope of the land has a lot to do with it. So if we're dropping all that water, if we didn't have gutters. Or dropping all that water at the edge of the house, where does it then go? You're t- telling me that it's going underneath my house? Most likely it's going into your block walls and yeah. your crawl space. Okay. Yeah, and that's one thing that, Walt, um, I agree with you. Uh, you know, the gutters, the roof, and even how well the exterior siding is taken care of it has a lot to do with possible conditions inside the home and if those things are in really bad shape it's a good indicator to you what is going on i i find that um when i'm meeting with people about uh gutters and roofing that if they're down if they need new gutters or they have existing gutters it's not just a matter of dropping the water right down in a downspout you've also got to consider getting it away from the house. So we're unlike a lot of other gutter companies in that we talk about piping. Mm-hmm. We'll come in and put in, um, if they're willing to do it, and they see that they've got the foresight to, to, to do it, um, we'll dig trenches to a ravine or a low spot in the yard and, and actually put in a Schedule 40 PVC and, and get the water, especially on certain sides of the house, uh, away from the home completely and that makes a huge difference because everything we're talking about is related to the crawl space and the attic uh as well as just what might be coming through the exterior walls affecting the air inside and i guess under a home we have situations where you've got um if you've got too much water and mold then you've got obviously a lot of times you'll have your heating and air system where there's duct work and it's blowing right into our home yeah. Yes, you get a lot of air from the crawl space into your home. All right. We are talking shop, literally talking about mold with Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. And you heard from uh, Tim Feruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Roofing, uh, Highland Residential Roofing. If you want to call us, uh, 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. We're here for more than a, a half an hour uh, next week, it's Paula Fullerton talking about um, design um, features in our home and window treatments and and other things that Paula has learned about uh, the latest trends in setting up your house. You do also the physical, like, moisture barriers underneath a home that prevent the mold from either A, coming back, or B, you know, establishing themselves. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, not only the vapor barrier yeah. insulation, we do the whole thing. If you need a drainage system, yeah. if you have water or bad water coming into the crawl space, yeah. use a French drain, and that takes the water away, like Tim was talking about. How far away do you need to get it? As far away as possible. Far away as possible. Let's yes. dump it on the neighbor's cat. That's it. Whatever we need to do, we get it far away. Okay, well, that makes sense. But what is this, what's the barrier up underneath? Tell me, describe for me what it looks like. Other than just the plastic that that uh, uh, Stan said he put down, you've got a more complex system, don't you? Well, you can uh, put the plastic up the walls, uh-huh. on the side of the walls and around the columns. That helps a little bit better for the moisture. Right. So you're not letting any moisture come up right. into the crawl space. Uh, you can put a, a waterproofing product on a – if one block wall is bad, you can just put a waterproofing product on there. Right. To help any moisture from coming in. All right. We're talking with Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. Questions? Class, uh, here's your telephone number, 919-860-9783. We are on the radio show called Making Your Home Great. And in the future weeks and months, we're going to, I mentioned Paula Fullerton next week. Um, on the 25th, Chris Fulton um, is going to come in. He's got a realtor who's um, involved with his uh, company, and we'll discuss that on the 25th. Uh, all that coming up on Making Your Home Great. News Radio 680 WPTF. <music> Telephone number at Making Your Home Great, 919-860-9783. We've got Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation, and of course, Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. And uh, the AccuWeather forecast calls for the following. Cloudy skies and a high today near 66, overnight low 54. We're going to get some sunshine late in the day tomorrow, later in the day. Clouds giving way to sun. And Sunday's high is 74. Right now 61, real feel 61. Wait a minute, i got to check the, uh, check the humidity. These guys getting me thinking about humidity. We got, uh, I can't find it. Well, it's not very humid. That's all I know. But, it, th- oh no, the humidity is 83%. Does that mean that the mold growth could come un- underneath yes. my house? Really? Yes. As If it's over 60 for a long period of time, you get some mold growth. I should have. Wh- the wood would get damp in the mold Summertime around here, if the, if the sun wasn't killing the mold. I'd have mold on the outside of my house all the time. That's I would. True. All right. Well, that makes That's sense. I always see on the dark side of the house all the time. You see some mold? Summer. I'll tell you what. I, I, I could tell you a story. In fact, I might end up doing it before the show's done about my father's house up in Yankee Land, which is covered underneath in the basement with mold. It looks like your, your advertisement. Okay. Right. Um, by the way, the website for uh, Walt's company, um, Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation, is RaleighMold.com. If you remember nothing from this, RaleighMold.com. Um, so I looked on the web for a test kit, a mold test kit. I just found them really cheap mold test kits. I can buy them. And it looks like I just rub them on there and I immediately get a result. And, Walt, why shouldn't I do that? Uh, 
most test kits like that you have to you can buy it in companies yeah home depot all them stores sure. and you know you have to let it sit in a dish for a few days all right till mold starts growing then you have to send it in to get uh to the lab and you probably won't know if you have anything in a couple of weeks okay can you tell me for uh, quicker yes quicker? No, i can get it within 24 hours 48 hours you know exactly what you have and a home test kit would i know what kind of mold it is uh, yes, they tell you what kind, but you just don't know how bad it is in your home because all homes have mold. There's mold everywhere. Right. So it's going to show some mold. Oh, you haven't seen it. the refrigerator down in the news department. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you see there's mold everywhere. Oh, oh you don't grow even want You don't too. even want to know. Okay. All right. Um, so, so you get a test, it comes positive. You're eyeballing it you're taking a look at it what's the process after that do uh, i have to move my whole family out no, no no tell me about it the process depends on the inspection that i do yeah. with the samples uh to see what the problem is most of the time a lot of problems is from the crawl space right where the mold gets up there through right. the vents you might have the vents at the floor that are not sealed properly so you get air from the crawl space up that's i see that a lot so like the i have a lot of hvac ductwork underneath my house are you telling me that this ductwork might be introducing mold from the crawl space up into the yes. living area yes it can okay all right so beyond that what if that was not it if, if that was it and uh, notice there was a water leak somewhere yeah. uh, most likely that area would need to be drywall would need to be removed right and insulation or whatever, everything cleaned right. and put back together. And we use a containment, especially if you have a lot of mold in one area, you have to contain it Yeah. Uh, before you work in there because you don't want it to spread throughout the house. Are you hanging plastic and doing things like yes, that? Yes, we do that. Close off doors. Yes, close off doors and put plastic up. And we use uh, air scrubbers in there. What's an air scrubber? Air scrubber is a big fan with a HEPA filter, uh-huh. thick HEPA filter. So it circulates the air and it cleans the mold, dust, and dirt out of the air. See, this is what we've got running continuously at my dad's old house. And it's, it's I, I, my brother tried to explain it to me, but essentially it's creating a negative pressure negative. so that the air is actually going into the area that has the mold and then and out the house, yes. out, outside rather than have any of that mold reintroduce itself or introduce that's itself correct. to the rest of the house. Okay, that's, well, it, I guess that makes sense. That's why but you need what? someone that, after that, you know, we retest it Okay. to make sure that everything is good. I always like to get it retested. But are you, are, are you scrubbing down surfaces? Yes, we you're, are. You're, you know, if it's wood, uh-huh. we'll spray the peroxide on right. and wipe it down with the disinfectant, get all the mold off, even the HEPA vacuum it. Yeah. Uh, make sure everything's uh, very clean. And and once you've done that, then you put down what this preventative. Yeah, we put a product bio barrier on there that uh, prevents mold from coming back again. What's your success for stuff like this? Uh, and Tim, jump in after his answer. <laughs> it's yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I really in all twelve years maybe had. One or two callbacks. 
That's all. Oh, that's good. Between crawl spaces and interior. Yeah, that's very good. And I would I would think the biggest thing is just making sure you've got the cause of the whole situation resolved, what's actually contributing to the mold. Because if you don't do that and you just treat the mold and clean it up, you're really not solving right. any long-term problems. Yeah, you have to treat what caused the problem in the first place. Now, we've talked a lot about crawl spaces, but on your website you also reference mold in your attic. How am I going to get mold in my attic? I don't have plumbing up there. Uh, I see on a lot of older homes in Raleigh uh-huh. uh, where one side of the home has it on the attic yeah, and the other side doesn't. And uh, because there's no airflow, if you don't have good airflow in the attic, uh, in the old homes, you get ice and snow that goes on the roof and right. it can come in inside the attic. Sure. Especially if it doesn't melt for a while. And Tim has been preaching to me about this whole air movement and differential between the temperature outside and the temperature inside. And I, do you see the the mold growing on insulation? Uh, if the insulation got wet, you can see it. Okay. You can see it a lot of times in the crawl space. If you see black spots on the insulation, yeah. most likely that's mold, not dirt, because dirt doesn't go up. What do you do for that? I mean, do you have to you pull have to, it out? Yeah, take you have it to out? remove the insulation. Once the mold is on the insulation, it has to be removed because you can't use it. If you put it back, you yeah. put mold spores back, and it's going to grow right, right sure back. Sure, yeah. All right, that makes sense. You got a product listed on the website, um, TIO2. Is it TLO2? TIO2. It's TIO2. What is it called titanium again? Titanium dioxide. Ah, titanium dioxide. Yes. I, I know it well. I add it to my, <laughs> add it to my daiquiris at night. What is the titanium oxide clear coat that you're that uh, you're talking about? What we do about? with that? It's uh, preventive. You can. It's good for germs, uh, bacteria, mold. Uh-huh. We can put it on your touch points in your home, like your toilet handle, your door handles, and all that. And it prevents all any bacteria. Is it clear? From, I yes, mean, it's I can't clear. see you it. You don't know it's there. I don't know it's there. Right. I use this in my house, and it worked great. And it kills what? Or it, it keeps. It, it will. If someone, if you have kids with allergies and stuff. It does. <laughs> you just dip them in it. Yeah. That's you good. just take yeah, the you kid. Can use it, put it on toys and, that, put it, and it will help with bacteria. Really? really? So the germs won't be spread. Well, gentlemen, there was something in the news this week about Starbucks. One of the filthiest places in public is the Starbucks doorknobs or door handles. I think I, think I want you to come through my house <laughs> and take out, do all the doorknobs. Right. It's also good for like odors and yeah, it takes care of odors. It works with light. It works with light to yes. kill the huh. bacteria, germs. Molds. It's a non-toxic coating, and if you're really concerned, does it does it do anything for mold? Well, yes, it, it prevents any mold from growing. Okay, but it also gets rid of germs, mold, viruses, bacteria, odors, and a whole lot more. Yes. All right. T T what? What is it? TIO2. TIO2, titanium, titanium dioxide. dioxide. I'm going to get Mr. Curtis to buy a whole bunch of it. So, Walt. Yes, sir. Um, 
a closet. Uh, you see a lot of times where people have closets and they've got some leather jackets or some things that have started to get mold growing on them. What do you recommend? Obviously, we've got to figure out what's causing the problem in the closet. And um, uh, sometimes, most of the time, it's a lack of air ventilation. That's true. Would you agree? And sometimes it's a matter of just changing the door to a vented door or keeping the door open all the time or, or changing it to a bifold that's vented or adding a, a heating and air duct into that room or putting a register at the bottom of the door, maybe just a, a little vent. How, how do you recommend people take care of the clothes in a closet like that that may have gotten contaminated with mold? Is there something that they can do themselves and purchase, or is there, do they have to bring somebody like you in to do it? Uh, I don't clean the clothing. Uh, normally, if it's a shirt or something like that, you can just wash it again. Uh, leather, you could probably get a leather cleaner and try to get the mold spores off it. Yeah. That's about all you can do. If there's cardboard that has mold on there, boxes, I tell them to throw the boxes away. Yeah, throw them away. No sense right. keeping them. Any, anything that has mold on, like I see in basements, a lot of furniture. Yeah. And everything, because it's damp, that gets yep. mold on it. Especially yep. if you have a couch or something like that, you can't really clean it because the cushions, the mold spores again, the cushions. Yeah. So the best thing to do is get rid of it. The furniture you can wipe down and clean it. Now I've seen in on on your website we've and we've talked about the black dots. I've seen right. a lot of white dots in areas with a fair amount of moisture. Is that also mold or is that something yes, else? Yes, uh, mold comes in all colors. It does. It does. You can go to a house, a crawl space, or somewhere, and you can see like four different colors of mold down there. Really? Yes. Okay. I mention that because I have seen people, you know, with garage or uh, cellars or crawl spaces, and they put something down that's a decent piece of furniture. You can get rid of that on the surface of a piece of decent yes, because piece it's of solid. wood. Yes, it's a solid, sealed wood. All right. Taking phone calls at this number, 919-860-9783. Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation, Tim Ferruzzi, of course, from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing, and Dave Alexander, just from the radio station, right here on Making Your Home Great, News Radio 680, WPTF. All right, News Radio 680 WPTF. We talk shop during the commercials. Let me tell you, there's some animated conversations going on here about mold and mildew and, you know, all sorts of... i got to go home and shower. Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. Uh, 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. Quick AccuWeather forecast. Uh, it includes cloudy skies and then an overnight low of 54 with sunshine tomorrow in the afternoon especially, and a high near 74 right now, 61, with a real feel of 61. News Radio 680, WPTF. Carol in Raleigh has a mold question. Carol, thank you very much. How are you, Carol? I'm great. How are you today? Terrific. What's up? Uh, I have a question for Walt, and that is... 
Um, well, before you put down a plastic sheeting under the dirt in a crawl space, um, is it a advisable thing to put down lime? Mm. Why would you put down lime, Carol? I just want to know that, uh, first of all. In, in working with equestrian properties, yeah. if you put lime down um, when there's moisture, it sweetens the smell of a stable and a stall. Ah. It gets rid of moisture. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that. in a crawl space, if you were able to, you know, rake in lime, um, and if that would help cut down on mold. Let's see if Tim, let's see if mm-hmm. Tim, yeah, Walt's shaking his head. He's, he said, he's never heard it done. Mm-hmm. Tim, have you okay, heard of that? A, it's an old North Carolina thing that they used to do yeah. in, um, under farm homes. Tim Ferruzzi, yeah, what do you think I, about I, that? I have, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, lime, um, it's a, it's a biocide to a degree, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I know they can, uh, you bear, you, if you ever want to get rid of a body, you, you cover it in lime and it's gone, right? I guess uh, Uncle Louie uh, used it, to do that for the for the mob, and yes, he he would he would buy bags. This is how they would identify who was involved in that trade, as they called it, if they bought bags of lime bigger than fifty pounds. Okay, <laughs> hence hence the old farmhouses. That's right. But uh, uh, I, I mean, it makes sense. I don't. I've never heard of that, but it, it makes sense that 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 could be helpful. I don't know, okay. Carol. I'm betting that what we want to do is keep the moisture down totally so that the mold won't form. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. I'm just... Carol, that's a great question. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. We're sorry we so don't... Much. I think that's a great idea. Carol, honestly, I come from people who don't understand that there's dirt under my home. <laughs> my friends up in Yankee Land, none of them have dirt under their home. Right? You have concrete? Yeah. Or a, or a cellar. Mm-hmm. You, you have two types of homes. You have a, if you had a fairly, uh, you know, upper middle or middle class home, you had a cellar. Okay? And, and this is, Carol, in part because you, do, you don't have near as much stone underneath. Okay? Correct. You can put a cellar. You couldn't put a cellar in Fuquay Verena for a million dollars. <laughs> You'd have to blast for six months. But the point is, and if you were not well healed, if you were buying a you know a fairly low middle class home, it was a slab home, and it was on a piece of cement. Nobody's ever heard of a dirt floor underneath your home. But then they also have ice and snow, so that's another thing. Um, one other question for Walt, if yes. you have time. He does. Yeah. Uh, I've recently had my ducts cleaned. And um, it seems to have made a huge difference in oh, yeah. the freshness of the house. It can because your ducks, you know, they get dirt and everything over years. So it's mm-hmm. a good thing to do every so many years, get them cleaned out. I would recommend that. Well, I don't know. How, many, how often should you do it? Uh, that's hard to say. It just depends how dirty they get. Five, five to ten years, yeah. depending on your uh, your lifestyle, I would think. Do you folks do that, Walt? Uh, we don't do the full duct cleaning. Okay. Uh, we do clean out where it comes into the house if there's mold at that part. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. You're welcome. Yep. Have a great day. Carol, thanks a lot. 
Absolutely. Hey, Dave, do we have another caller? We do not, and I'd like you to go ahead and tell us what you want to tell us. Sorry about that. That's uh, all right. So I just wanted to mention that um, uh, for the next uh, next week, we're going to be talking about flat roofs and roof patios, and the other month after that, we'll be talking about design failures on the building envelope, which has a lot to do with what we're discussing today, and we're going to talk about tile, wood rot, and shingles. So that's the next five weeks laid out, and at the end of the year, the last two weeks of the year, we're going to be talking about uh, the year in summary. Uh, we're just going to kind of catch every topic we've talked about and, mm-hmm. and hit on those. And then also, I want to mention that we still are offering that free flyer um, regarding ventilation and why it's important in your home and your crawl space and your attic. It has a lot to do with what we're talking about with Walt today. So if anybody wants this brochure, I've got thousands of them. I got them from one of the uh, suppliers. I'd be happy to mail it to you with a business card in it. No obligation. Just send me your, uh, just call me or email me. Go through our websites, handyhelpers.com or highlandroofingnc.com. Be happy to send this to you. And I've already sent out several dozen of these to other listeners and be happy to do it for you. All right. We're on for the last couple of minutes here with Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. And Walt, what else have we not covered? That you do? Uh, well, we cover the crawl space. I yeah. give free crawl space inspections. For, Thank uh, you. Everybody. I want one so of them. You know. What are you doing while you're underneath my house? What I do is... You're, I, not, you're not just sitting there. Like, How much can I get from Dave? <laughs> no, no, that's no. one thing. That's not it. That's one thing about me. I'm, <laughs> I think I'm pretty honest and fair. I try Good. not to uh, oversell products, yeah. upsell it. I tell people exactly what they need. I don't try to sell yeah sell them a Cadillac when they don't need it right. So what what are you doing underneath there? What underneath, are you looking? For? I'm looking at the first foundation right. See if there's any holes in there because I see a lot of gaps where the pipes go through yeah the foundation and they're not sealed up yep and moisture water comes in them. Mm-hmm. I look at that. I look at the joists to see if they're damp. Look at the moisture in them. And I look to see if there's any mold there. All right. On there, and uh, insulation, I check that. What I do a lot, not everybody does, I pull the insulation down yeah. in all different places to see if there's any mold above the insulation. Okay. I've got Ed in Raleigh. Ed, quick question. What is, what's up? Uh, yes, I have a question. Uh, my home was built about 30 years ago, and it was recommended then. Uh, I do have crawl space. Uh, uh, fairly... Um, a good space under there. It's not. It's not a low crawl space. It's fairly high, and I can almost walk around in there. Yeah. Uh, but it was recommended to put uh, plastic down. I have I have vents in the uh, foundation wall. Yeah. Uh, do you still recommend the, the plastic on the uh, dirt floor of crawl space? Yes, I do. Uh, it is code to have plastic down there. I recommend a hundred percent because you're going to keep all the moisture from the ground going up. Okay, I have I have also noticed that on occasions where there would be gravel that would be spread out under there, uh, on top of the dirt, does that does that uh, help at all? No, because moisture can get through the gravel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just just uh, keep the plastic on the dirt, and that'll be sufficient. Yes, and now, if you do have a French drain in the crawl space with gravel going around it, make sure the vapor barrier is over that gravel part too. Because uh-huh. I see yeah. a lot of houses that they don't put it over the gravel of the. And if you thing. have 
any questions about mold in your crawl space or anywhere else, Walt Smith of Raleigh Inspection and Remediation can help you out. The website is raleighmold.com. And uh, you can go to my Facebook page and look at different pictures and information and just go there, hit the share and like. All right. Thank you, Walt. Thank you. Thank you, Walt. Thank you, Tim from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. I'm Dave Alexander, and this is Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF.